So this morning, as we turn in 1 Peter chapter 1, I always like to start, our, our scripture is going to be out of 1 Peter chapter 2, but I want to set the basis. I want to set the premise of where we are and what God has for us. So as we begin reading in 1 Peter chapter 1, it says this, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. So obviously, Peter's writing a letter to those that had been scattered about, those that are Christians, and he's writing to us as Christians today. And as Christians today, he says this beginning in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten gotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found with praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of of your souls. So as we set the premise this morning, we understand that Peter's speaking to us as Christians. And as he speaks to us as Christians, he reminds us of this. He says, this present world that you're living in, it's going to be full of trials. You're going to have temptation, but you're a pilgrim just passing through because reserved for you is the promise of heaven. Not because of what you can do and not on your own merit, but because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. So as we come into church this morning, and we sat in the pew this morning, we ought to sit in here and we ought to be excited about what Jesus has done for us. We ought to come in with a rejoicing heart just to say, thank you, Lord. Although there may have been trials this past week, I am settled in knowing that one day I have the assurance and the promise of heaven. So as I'm passing through, I know those trials are gonna come, but when they come, Lord, I'm gonna be ready for those trials. I'm gonna be in my place and I'm gonna be, as pastor preached on Wednesday night, I'm gonna be looking for your coming again. So as we consider that this morning, we first establish that Peter's talking to us as a church. He's talking to Christians. He's got a warning for us. So our verse this morning, or our reference this morning, I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, having established who the message is to, what we come into the service with, what we possess, then in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning in verse 21, the Bible says this. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bare our sins, 
on our, on our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. So this morning I just want to preach a message my sheep Hear my voice. Because as we look there in verse 25 of 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, For ye were as sheep going astray. Ye were as sheep going astray. So we understand that Peter's talking to us as Christians. And he says, Christians, I want you to come into the service this morning and I want you to recognize and I want you to remember what you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to recognize that the trials you'll face, the temptations that come, They're just for a little while. They're going to pass. Your home is in heaven. I want you to remember what Jesus has done for you. And in the midst of remembering what Jesus has done for you, why in the world would you ever stray? Why in the world would you ever stray? Yet it says we are as sheep going astray. So as we're here this morning and we're gathered in the house of God, And we're here to be under his word and say, Lord, what do you have for me this morning? That's my prayer. It's just for a little while, you'll just ask the Lord, Lord, speak directly to me. What do you have for me in today's message that you want me to hear? You know, the first thing I want to tell you about sheep is we all gather in and we commit ourselves as sheep. And it's kind of weird up here as I look and y'all are staring back at me as sheep. So (laughs) there you go. One characteristic of sheep is they've got rectangle eyes, so they can, or pupils, so they can see a good distance all the way around them. But as sheep, there's a couple characteristics that we need to just recognize. Number one, they like to flock together in a group, and you guys have demonstrated that already. I mean, every Sunday when you come in, where do you go? Right to your flock, right? So your area of the church, if, if I were to come in this morning and change things up and ask you to switch sides... I mean, it'd be over. You'd be like, forget it. I can't even listen. I mean, that's crazy. So one thing is sheep, what do we do? We like to flock together. Another thing is sheep is sometimes we are independent. So we think, you know what? Right after uh, we're born in terms of a sheep, I can stand on my own two feet. Sometimes we get the idea that we're independent. We don't need God. We've got it all figured out ourselves and we don't really need God. But can I remind you that sheep are defenseless? They're defenseless. So as we consider a sheep and we we think about why they stray, I think there's three reasons why sheep stray. The first of the reasons is this. Sheep sometimes stray just because of silliness. Just sheer silliness. Just foolishness that causes them to stray. You know, in our Christian life, that's what causes us to stray. Is just foolishness. I mean, we can find ourselves in a situation before we're even aware of it. I know in my personal Christian walk, there are more times than not that I find myself saying, what were you thinking? Why did you say that? What were you doing? Why would you find yourself in that situation or otherwise? I mean, how many times do we put ourselves in that situation and we say, good grief, that was a foolish thing to do. That was a silly thing to do. So a lot of times sheep stray just because of that foolishness, just because of that silliness. But do you know what the reality is, is this. As Christians, we all have the ability to choose 
that foolishness or that folly. But what we do not have the ability is to choose the consequences of that foolishness or that folly. So we can find ourselves in the midst of this foolishness, but we're not guaranteed what the consequence of that foolish behavior will lead to. You know, sometimes you can think, I got away with that. Well, you may have gotten away with it this time, but because you got away with it, your foolishness will lead you right back there again. And you may not get away with it the next time. You can choose your foolishness, but you can't choose the consequences of that foolishness. And what does that lead to? What does it lead to? You know what it leads to is saying, good grief, what were you thinking? I can't believe I engaged in that foolishness, that silliness. But you know what else comes after that? It's at that situation and that point when we find ourselves looking around and we're looking at other people and as we look at other people, we think, good grief. Look, they just seem to have it all together. They, they are doing what the Lord would want them to do. They just seem more prudent. They're more spiritual. They're more heavenly minded. They just seem to have it all together. And here I am over here in my own situation. Here I am in my foolishness and my folly, but look at how good, look at how godly they are over there. You know what the reality is? You've got just as much of God as you want, period. The reason we find ourselves in situations and we find ourselves comparing ourselves to other Christians has nothing to do with the comparison on this earth that has everything to do with our right relationship with the Lord. What have we done to have as much of God as we want? We find ourselves comparing ourselves to others because we choose our folly over what God commands us to do. Our foolishness over what God commands us to do. If you want more of God, you do what Luke says and you take up your cross daily and follow after him. If you want more of God, you put on the full armor of God so you can have strength in the Lord, as it says in Ephesians. If you want more of God, then you hide his word in your heart that you may not sin against him. The Christian walk is not an easy thing. The Christian walk is not, oh, now that I'm saved, I can just get out here and do whatever I want to do. The Christian walk is, now that you're saved, you're called to follow after the shepherd. That's what the Christian walk is. But what do we do? We choose our foolishness and our folly. And we find ourselves saying, doop, how did I end up in that situation? A basis of comparison to where we are. You know why else we go astray? It's because we desire a greener pasture. We desire a greener pasture. If we consider that and we think about that, you know, one of the common phrases we hear today is, I'm bored. I'm bored. Our kids say, I'm bored. But you know what? As adults, we can find ourselves saying, I'm bored. I'm bored. We want something different. Let me just tell you this. That's Satan's trap. Because if we think we want something different and that allure of greener pastures, oftentimes that's Satan's way of saying, ha, I've trapped you. I've got you. Because what happens? In James chapter 1, verse 14 through 16, it says this. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. 
Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. So we have this desire for greener pastures, and all the while, it's us pursuing after our own lust, our own desires, those things that we think we need that we're not going to be bored with. Do you know what? If you look and you hold that thing in your hand that's called a cell phone, you've got access to just about anything you can imagine. And you can say, I'm bored, and that device that you hold in your hand can take you places you don't even need to be. It can cause you to think about things you don't need to be thinking about. And it can cause you to go back to making a foolish decision. Foolishness, folly, and yet saying, Lord, what am I doing? It all started with that desire for that greener pasture enticed by our own lust, not recognizing that as we're enticed there, when it's conceived, that's what brings forth sin. And sin, when it's finished, that's what brings forth death. There is pleasure in sin for a season. And I'm going to promise you this. If you're bored as a Christian, Satan will distract you. He'll give you exactly what it is you're looking for. You got to be on guard. You got to be on guard and say, Lord, I don't want to fall into that. You better stay close to what you know and not follow after being bored. Do you know how much protection you have right here in the walls of this church? Do you know how much protection you have just by other Christians who are looking out for you? Don't get bored with what God has put in your life to protect you. Don't get bored by thinking, well, you know what? I don't really need that. I got this thing figured out. I'm independent. I can do this on my own. I can find my own flock over there and do what I need to do. Foolishness and folly looking for a greener pasture. But do you know what else causes sheep to stray? It's that desire to follow others. That's desire to follow others. Listen. Whatever you're doing and whatever you want to do, you will find a group of people who says it's okay. Whatever you're doing and whatever you want to do, you're going to find a group of people that says it's okay. But do you know what makes something okay and what doesn't make it okay? It has nothing to do with our opinion or what we think. It needs to be based on the word of God. And what's God's word say? You see, we live in a world of tolerance. We live in a world of acceptance of all things. Be careful not to become desensitized to sin. Don't become desensitized to sin. Most of the time, where the crowd goes is not the right direction. Where the whole crowd's going, that is not leading you in the right direction. So this morning as we gather together and we understand that Peter's talking to us as sheep, we're scattered about, recognizing we're going to face temptations and trials many times we bring them on ourselves. We bring those temptations and trials on ourselves because of our foolishness, silliness that causes us to get away from the things of God. Again, you've got as much of God as you want. 
Not only that, but then we look for these greener pastures. I'm bored. I'm going to go find something over here that's going to entertain me. It's going to make me feel better. It's going to meet that void that may be there. That's Satan. Because you're drawn away and enticed by your own lust. But then we desire to follow others, looking for someone who's going to validate those things that we want validated, those things that we struggle with, those things that we desire. But let me tell you a characteristic of a sheep. They're defenseless. Once they get out and away from the protection of the shepherd, they'll never get back on their own. You can't get back on your own. I want you to think for just a second how dangerous that is. How dangerous is it to be a sheep that's gone astray away from the protection of the shepherd? That's a dangerous place to be. And you're not going to get back on your own. So it is so much easier to get away than it is to get back. So just choose to stay put and you don't even have to worry about it. But you know what? Once you're a sheep, you're always a sheep. You're not going to be a sheep and return and be a goat. All right? So once you're a sheep, you're always a sheep. But let me tell you this this morning. If you're a sheep, that means I'm a child of God. I know for certain that I've been saved. Yet if I'm being real honest, I'd say I'm a sheep, but I'm going astray. I'm a sheep, but how foolish for me to think some of the things I think and find myself in the situations I find myself in. I'm a sheep, but I'm going astray. How foolish to think there's a greener pasture over there. Me desiring the things of my own flesh, my own lust that when conceived is going to bring forth sin. How foolish of me going astray because I just want to follow the crowd. I just want to be desensitized and accepted by everybody, so I'll just follow in and follow the crowd. If you're truly a sheep of the shepherd, you're miserable if you're going astray. You're miserable if you're going astray. That's what's keeping you from living with the fruits of the Spirit. Remember what we said, when we get in that foolishness and that folliness, sometimes it leads us to say, well, how come I can't? How come the Lord doesn't seem to be answering my prayers? How come I don't seem to be having the same godly life as this person or that person? We find ourselves in that comparison situation, all the while recognizing you put yourself there. You put yourself there. God gives us clear instructions of what we have to do to get more of him, yet we choose more foolishness and folly than the things of God. And if we're here this morning and we don't have the fruits of the Spirit that are characteristic in our life, if you don't have the joy of the Lord on your life, if you don't have a sense of purpose and regardless of your circumstances, if you can't recognize what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross and put a smile on your face, guess what? You're a sheep going astray. You're a sheep going astray. D.L. Moody in an example said this. He says in Scotland there was a herder and he had this herd of sheep and these crazy sheep would jump down 
10 to 12 feet. So they would jump down on the side of a mountain, 10 to 12 feet, all because there was fresh grass that was there. And the herders, they would jump down and find themselves 10 to 12 feet. Obviously, they can't get back up. So he would have to be patient and wait for them for a period of time. And after they ate up all the grass, it became weak and faint. Then he could go down, put a rope around them, and bring them back up to safety. And someone says, well, good night. When they first got down there, why didn't you go rescue them right then? He says, because if I had a gone right then, they would have jumped off the edge and died because it would have scared them. I'm going to get right in the midst of them. They're going to jump off the edge and die. You see, if we're a sheep and we've gone astray, you know what God's waiting on? He's waiting for you to get tired of yourself, to get weary, and to lay down so he can come rescue you. As a sheep gone astray, you'll never get back on your own. We'll always be sitting there on the edge of danger, flirting with danger for as long as we can. And then when someone comes and calls us out, boom, we jump right over the edge. That's exactly what sin does. Then lust, when it is conceived, bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do you know if we're a sheep and we've gone astray, God's just waiting for you to get to the end of yourself, just exhausted to where you say, I can't do this anymore. And when we say, I can't do it anymore, that's when he says, I can. I can. In Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 through 13, it says this. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out, as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country." So as we go back to our scripture this morning and we look in 1 Peter chapter 2, look what it says there in verse 25. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. The shepherd, the one who cares for you and loves you, and the bishop, the one who guards and oversees you. He says, you were once a sheep going astray, but now you're back unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. How do you keep from straying? Isaiah is clear. It says, for we are all, are, we are all like sheep having gone astray. How do you keep from straying? The first thing you better do is you better make sure you got the right shepherd. Amen. If you want to keep from straying... You better make sure you've got the right shepherd. Look what it says there in the context of the verses. Back up to verse 21 of 1 Peter chapter 2. You want an example? Here's an example. For even hereunto were you called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. And when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead 
to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye are healed. Where'd we start? We started this morning in 1 Peter chapter 1. And Peter said, let me tell you this. As a Christian, you better remember what God has done for you by sending his son Jesus. Not only through the cross do we have salvation, but good night. The cross has got plenty enough power to help us live a righteous life. Plenty enough power to help us live a righteous life. If we think about our actions, I'm just a sheep just like you all. Are there times I find myself going astray? Absolutely. Every single one of us here this morning, you either have gone astray, you're going astray, or you're fixing to go astray. It's just part of our human nature. But I wonder, would it be so easy to go astray if we put the backdrop of the cross in front of that decision we're about to make? Before we engage in that foolish, silly stuff that we keep going back to, good night. Think about what Jesus did on the cross for you. Put that in front of it and how easy is it to fall into that foolishness? Before we find ourselves saying, I'm bored, I want a greener pasture over there. Think about how good you've got it in the shadow of the cross. Why do you want to get any further away from that? And before you chase the world and follow after all the things the world has to offer, maybe you just consider the cross and say, man, that paid it all. I've been bought with a price. I'm no longer my own. And I can't judge where any of you are. I can tell you this, we're all sheep. But I don't know where you are. I don't know if you're a sheep here this morning that's gone astray, that's going astray, that it's just around the corner. But I can tell you this. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. One thing you better know for certain today is that you hear the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take your Bible and flip with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. You find yourself out there. You're engaged in foolishness and folly. You're looking for greener pastures. You're following after the crowd. Once you get astray, you cannot get back on your own. But the Bible says this in John chapter 10, beginning in verse 26. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, is to consider what God does for you. When you're saved, he puts you in the palm of his hand, and he closes it up. And he said, no man shall be able to pluck you out of my father's hand. But I'm going to tell you, if you're comfortable in your folly, 
if you're comfortable in your foolishness, if you're comfortable in seeking that greener pasture and you have no desire for the things of God and your life does not bear out the fruits of the Spirit, then there's no way you'll hear the Father's voice. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them and they follow me. Here's the reality. If you're not in the center of where God wants you to be, you know it. But I'm going to let you in on something. If you're not in the center of where God wants you to be, not only do you know it, but everybody else does too. It just becomes evident. So why in the world do we find ourselves straying? Why is it that we don't listen to the voice of God and just get back right where he wants us to be? See, the voice of God's like this. This represents God. We find ourselves stepping over here. As I stand right here, I can still hear the voice of God. But as my foolishness, my folly, my desire for greener pastures, me following the crowd, look what it does. It takes me over here. And as I get over here, guess what? The voice of God is not as prominent as it was when I was right there where I needed to be. But then, if I come over here and I keep going and I continue to go and I get on the other side of the door, find myself out in the parking lot, the voice of God gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Once you get way out there, you cannot get back on your own. You better know for certain who your shepherd is. You better know for certain that I can hear the voice of God. See, in John chapter 10, just a few few verses prior, verse 11 through 14, it says this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. This morning, wherever you're at, maybe you're going astray, maybe you've gone astray, or you're fixing to go astray, can I remind you this morning to get back where God wants you to be? Get back where God wants you to be. And you know how you get back? You just humble yourself. You come to the end of yourself, and you say, Lord, I just can't do it anymore. That's all in the world he's ever been waiting for. It's for you to say, I can't do it anymore. And with that, I can't do it anymore is when he'll pick you up and take you right back where you need to be. I don't know where you are and I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know for certain this, God desires this morning
before you leave this place for you to have it settled and say, I don't want to be a sheep going astray. I want to be in the presence of the good shepherd. I want to recognize and know with certainty that my desire is to be there because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we close the message this morning, Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord, for your presence with us, Lord. We just thank you for the power of your word, Lord. Lord, I thank you for practical examples throughout your word, Lord, that just help point us to where we need to be. And Lord, this morning, if there be one here that would say, you know what, I don't even know that I'm saved for certain. I find myself struggling all the time, just sin after sin, and I can't seem to get free of it. Lord, for that person, they'll never get free of it until they've accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior. And Lord, for us as Christians, oh Lord, how easy it is to go astray. How easy it is to make foolish, silly decisions, Lord. Recognizing we can make the decision, but we don't get to pick the consequence. Lord, how foolish it is to think the pastor's greener over there, Lord. Recognizing that many times that's Satan laying a trap so he may utterly destroy us. Recognizing, Lord, sometimes we go astray just because we just want to follow the crowd. But Lord, this morning, may we all be reminded that we have as much of you as we want. And Lord, my prayer is that we would desire to have a little more of you tomorrow than we did today. Lord, that's the only way we're going to stay protected in the fold of your protection. And Lord, with every decision, if we'll just put the cross in front of it, it'll help us make that decision that much easier. Now, Lord, I pray you'd bless our invitation time as we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, where you're at, if you don't mind, we'll just stand for just a little bit. My challenge for you today is if you know there's something that you need to make right before the Lord, don't get out of this place without getting that settled. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know what, you were talking to me. I'm the one that's been foolish and gotten out there and making silly decisions, Lord, and I just want to just confess it to you and come back to myself. You know, there's great strength and power and humility. Just bring it to the altar and giving it to the Lord, knowing you don't have to pick it up anymore. So if that's you this morning, we're just going to wait just a little bit. Give you an opportunity just to make that right with the Lord. More importantly, even than that, if you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. You're here because God made a divine appointment with you to make sure you get saved today. You can walk out of this church with the assurance of your salvation with your home being the promise of heaven, there's no way you'll make it through the trials and tribulations of this life without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. So if that's you this morning, we'll wait just a moment. I'd love to take the Bible or have someone take the Bible and show you from the authority of God's word how you can be saved.